seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 105 of Color Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues affecting gamers at and away from their tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and riding with me in shotgun for 105 episodes, Brian Allen. How's it going, man? <laughs> I've been better. Got the allergies going, so if I sound stuffy, sniffly, and <laughs> like I'm not breathing right. That's why it's not the COVID. One of the things that helps, I've noticed when you're recording, if you, if you have, this is a tip for everybody. If you're a little bit stuffy, you may think you need to talk louder, but if you actually talk softer, it actually doesn't interfere with your, your breathing and stuff as much. Okay. I'll be. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing. Quiet storm voice. (laughs) But yeah. So, and you know what I was thinking the other day, dude, we've done 105 episodes and we only missed one week during all of this. Which is insane. Yeah, when you're talking about like the pandemic going on, I, I lost a pet in the middle. Hell, you lost it like, right. like you lost electricity. Yeah. Like, we, I mean, we've just had so many things happen. You know, relatives going to the hospital. You know, whatever. And we managed to still get the show recorded. So I mean, that's something I'm really happy about. You know, 105 episodes with minimal interruption weekly. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. To do that, though, we do have some support in a few ways. And want to start out by giving shout out to Cardsphere.com. Great website where I guess they were showing that apparently I've been a power user these last uh, few weeks. Because <laughs> I've been sending out a ton of packages. I, I just, I've just been going through all these cards that I've been stocking up. And I'm just like, okay, well, now I got to get these out to people. So uh, get in the pocket a little good bit of money over the last couple of weeks. And I have more to go, too. So it's going to be pretty good stuff but yeah y'all can make your money yourself as well if you want to you know set up for maybe start doing some early holiday buying because to be honest you probably want to get ahead of it because we know covid's still going to have shipping issues come the holidays so if you get some money in your pocket now go ahead and get your shopping out of the way before things get too bad also to that point we do have a patreon if you want to support us patreon.com slash color of magic we also have a new patron we got to say hello to Bill Carroll. So welcome to the gang. Can we say that? Is, does gang work? I think we can say it. All right. We'll say welcome to the gang. I'm going to keep trying different ones till we find a good one that sticks. <laughs> so every time we get a new patron, I'm just going to throw one out there. And one of these days we'll be like, ah, that's the one. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Or, hey, as listeners, if y'all like certain ones, let us know. Hit up our Twitter account and say like, hey, or if you have suggestions for what we can call our group of listeners, that would be kind of fun. And then finally, if you want to get something for yourself and still support us, you can go over to colorofmtg.com slash shop. Right now, we have some tokens with our likenesses on there. I need to get with our artist, Galen Islandfelt, and get some new ones done. Maybe for Crimson Val, I might be able to get some done where we get some vampire looks. <laughs> that could be kind of fun. So, so maybe we'll do that. Uh, we'll see. But if they are ever available, they'll be there at that link. And you can also get playmats and stuff, and we do ship all around the world. So with that business done, oh boy, do we have some things to talk about this week. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to start this one. This one, this one's something I think we know, 
but I still feel like it annoys me. So I'm going to be a little bit petty. But we're watching the World Championship, or some people are watching the World Championships. A lot of people, actually. They had a lot of viewers, honestly. Tens of thousands actually watched it live, which is pretty cool for Magic this past week. And there's a lot of neat discussion going on in the chat's real active. And then there's some idiots in the chat talking about people. Well, the quote was basically, you should have the option to regular shuffle instead of use the programmed rigged one. Oh, God. What the hell? Okay, first off, one is not rigged. Everybody's using the same damn thing. For something to be rigged, somebody has to be getting an advantage over somebody else. Otherwise, it's not rigged. You could say it's programmed a certain way, blah, blah, whatever, but it's not rigged. Rigged has a term. Rig has a meaning, right? Like, it's not rigged. The other is that, what the hell does that even mean? Like, what would you do? Would Hit a button. Would you like our shuffle or would you like the regular shuffle? They'd be the same damn thing. <laughs> like, I would like to use this algorithm instead of this algorithm. I don't, like, you're still using a pre-programmed algorithm one way or the other to figure the randomness of the cards in your deck. Like, that shows that people don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Like, you can't magically be like, well, I wanted to shuffle how I would shuffle versus however it's programmed to shuffle. Like, what? Like, uh, people, come on. Like, let's just get over this at this point. Seriously. The shuffler is what it is. Like, good players keep winning more than bad players. Right. You know what? Same as paper magic. Matter of fact, I've, I've shuffled for a commander the last few times. I have a card in my commander deck I forgot was in there because it didn't even come up in seven <laughs> games. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's a one of and 99 cards, but in seven games, I did not draw it. Like, am I going to be like, ah, Shuffler's broken? Like, no, stuff happens. That's why it's random. Like, seriously, get over yourself. Quit finding excuses for why you're bad and just get better. It's probably you. That's the consistent <laughs> problem. I mean, seriously, let's be real. Like, sometimes, yes, it's bad luck or whatever might happen two or three games in a row and that's unfortunate and yes that is the numbers and the rng just being against you but over a long string of time when you're like oh, i always draw too many land or oh, i always just get beat by this deck or oh, blah, blah. like at some point it's you now you can make whatever excuses you want about the shuffler but at the end of the day it's you like let's just be real about it because you ain't gonna look and see like and i'll be honest if you watch the players that played the world champ there were a couple times some of these players made some sick plays like they set up turns two or three out looking for certain cards using their mana certain ways making like really tight like percentage decisions and people don't even understand that like that's why they're winning right like and you're even watching the chat going i don't know why he didn't do this i don't know why he didn't block this why did he just foretell that instead of doing whatever? And then the next turn, you're like, oh, well, because he drew this thing and then he copied it and then he did this and then now he's going to win in two turns. Right? Like, next leveling the entire chat part of the time. And some of those people are still having the nerve to talk. Like, the fact that there were still people posting on Twitter about moves that the, the pros, the world championship competitors were making. And I'm like, you don't, you don't think, like... What nerve do you have as a as an armchair quarterback being out here trying to tell somebody else that has qualified for the world championships that not only that, a good chunk of them have years of credentials, not even just one lucky year to qualify. And you think you your play is just going to be much better than theirs? 
Welcome to the human experience, my friend. Yeah, for real. Like, come on, y'all. Like, it's like, at some point, you have to look and say, hey, maybe I should shut up, close my mouth, open my ears and my eyes, and try to learn from some of these people instead of try to critique them. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're infallible and they never make mistakes. But to just, like, keep ranting about somebody doing something and then that person continues to win, you don't even know how dumb you look. All right, I'm done with my petty. <laughs> it's, good. it's all right. You got a better one today. Oh. So, yeah, this is just, I, I thought I was re like reading something out of Black Mirror when I first saw this, but apparently C.B. Sobolski, an editor-in-chief at Marvel, got his position in part by creating a fake Japanese writing persona and, and for a, a, a whole year did stories under this fake persona, Akira Yoshida. And apparently he got the promotion even though people, multiple people at Marvel knew that he had done that and just like, yeah, it's whatever. We still think he's good at his job. So like, huh? What? <laughs> Just... I don't. I don't know, man. Like, my thing is like you. You know, we talked about this off the air. Like for me, I look at this like when I was younger. You know, and I'm, I'm talking like elementary school to junior high, right? Like, if you had to lie about something and you you knew you could get away with it for like a weekend, you're kind of like, all right, I think I could do this. But when I had when I even started to tell and I knew it was going to be like one I was going to have to like prove down the line or something. I'm like, nah, I can't do this. Something like, as big as say being Japanese when you're white. That's one that in your head, even like even in high school, you wouldn't have tried to pull this off because, you know, not, you, you can't get away with this for very long. But not just that. Right. This is you're talking about the idea that at some point somebody's going to ask you to be on their TV interview. Right. Oh, and apparently during the course of this year, he did interviews. I can only assume they were by phone. So I'm, I'm going to assume he had to fake an accent. Uh, I mean, because I one of the things he said in these interviews was that he helped uh, that reading comics helped him to learn English. So he had a whole tragic backstory for his made-up Japanese comic book writer. Oh, that's, that's rough, man. And of that's course, rough. now people are going through, you know, and seeing what kind of comics he wrote as Akira Yoshida. And many of them are Electra and Wolverine white savior comics where they're hated not only for being foreign, but because they have somehow mastered the martial arts better than the Japanese people. Like, oh, just, I mean, uh, so, so bad. Yeah. Like, and this is one of those ones. It's like, dude, you ain't recovering from this. No. Like when the hammer comes down. down. Because apparently this is like, well, one of the stories I pulled up here researching this is, you know, the, the, the date line is November 2017. So multiple people knew about this and promoted him anyway. Yeah, like when the hammer drops, it's going to suck. It's going to take a couple people out with it.
And like again, I, this company is owned by Disney now, so yeah, the hammer is coming. <laughs> and you know what? Like this, this kind of loosely relates to the NFL. You know, where we saw John Gruden get released over some stuff that happened. You know, I think the most recent thing was like 2018 or something. But still, it's just like, dude, you you can't do these things, man. And and his was part of a whole separate investigation against the Washington football team. So, like, you know, same thing there. It's part okay. of why they're called the football team now. Yep. These are these are incidental things that are going down and people are getting knocked off like flies. But when they come for the head, it's going to be bad. Of course, you know, imagine that uh, a football team that uses a, a racist trope as its, uh, as its mascot is full of racists. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. I mean, not a huge surprise. But you know what? We, that happened in the NBA back in, what was it, 2013, 2014 with, with Donald Sterling, I think it was. So, like, same thing there. Like, they when they decided to come for him, he was he's blackballed from the league. He can't even go to a basketball game. Ironic, because one of the things that started his whole racist rant was that, I guess, he had come to accept that his uh, mistress was going <laughs> to sleep with much younger guys. He was asking her, don't bring them to the basketball games. Yep. I can't even imagine what kind of bizarre relationship you were in where, hey, I know you're only sleeping with me for my money. Just don't be with other dudes at my basketball games or the team that I own. What a bizarre. It's just- wild, man. But that's what I'm saying. When people get to those levels and and they think they can hide their their racism, their homophobia, their misogyny, whatever, they get more and more brazen with it. You know, in the case of Sterling, starting to make demands, you know, with this comic writer, he's doing interviews, making up stories. You know, with with John Gruden, he was sending emails on his company account daily <laughs> saying yeah. some of this stuff, right? Please, if, if anybody knows of any of the any of these interviews or podcasts or audio, please. I, I want to hear it. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Crazy. Ah, I don't know. Well, it'd be an interesting story to follow up on just to see where, where the end result is on all that. Ah, but you know what, Brian? We always have some interesting things going on in the world that we can use to make ourselves smarter and learn cool things. So what did you learn last week? Uh, Kind of a sad one this week. Brian Goldner, CEO of Hasbro, died of cancer, apparently. And he had had just taken medical leave, so apparently he worked, like, right up until he could not physically work anymore. Yeah. yeah, Man, prostate cancer. You know, not to be too too grim, but like, dude, once you get over 35, 40, start getting your stuff checked out. For real, because that one's one that's avoidable if you if you catch it. But yeah, in, I, in addition to, you know, being CEO of Hasbro, he apparently served on the board of Viacom. So clearly a guy knew his stuff. And actually, you met him, apparently, to call out and talk to him. So. Yeah, like when I was uh, one of the things when I was at Wizards, they had a. Uh, I guess it was a, a management training program that we were able to sign up for and was like run by the Harvard business school. And part of that was we had call in conversations with Brian Goldner with like your different, I don't know, I guess whatever they call your, your groups of, of like positions or whatever. And 
one, I, I want to say kind of the same thing I ran into with like seeing how people interact with, I guess, executives at companies is always very interesting because there's a lot of people that just won't talk to them. Like I remember seeing people that are managers even that are outspoken, whatever, would still freeze up, you know, when he was on a call or something. And I was just kind of like, uh -huh, I'll speak up, whatever. I'll go next, you know. And he seemed Imagine to, that. well, yeah, but he seemed to be really responsive to that, you know, that he, and I, and I don't know if this was just him doing it because he was trying to be nice to us managers or whatever, but he seemed to be open to different ideas and different discussions we were having. He always came off positive, you know, even when he was talking about something rocky or, you know, talking about the, the Trump tax tariffs or whatever. And, you know, he, he still seemed like, okay, the type of dude that like, okay, I got a plan, right? Okay. Hey, this is going to be okay. Like, here's what we see for the future. Yeah. And that's probably what allowed him to keep his position and keep Hasbro making a bunch of money. Definitely. Yeah. We saw, you know, record profits during the pandemic for multiple brands as people were looking for stuff to do. So you definitely seem like a guy that really knew all this stuff. And I, I mean, you don't get to that level without, you know, yeah, he's been doing it for almost 20 years. And he, and he actually, I think he made a lot of appearance on like Mad Money and some of these other like investment shows or whatever. So like, yeah, he, he was pretty public, you know, compared to a lot of CEOs you see, you know, he, he did a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I mean, still typical stuff, dude with lots of money and all that. But as far as CEOs go, I, my interactions, though, there weren't a ton. The ones I had seemed fairly positive, so I can't really say anything negative about the dude. Um, mine isn't as profound, but Huffington Post put up an article that I believe the headline was goat meat could save our environment, but we're afraid to eat it. And my thought was, this had to be a white headline. Because literally, like, whole chunks of Hispanic culture that I know, like, we, you, well, you know, being down there, you can go to a food truck and just get a taco with goat meat on it. Like, all the Indian restaurants Very we go to. Very common in Africa also. Yeah, literally, all the Indian restaurants we go to have it on the menu, right? There's an Ethiopian I, I spot. Yeah, they're specifically talking to white people. Yeah, so I was just like, man, this is, but now, admittedly, everybody that responded to me agreed except for like two people. And they were like super mad because it was racist, but like, obviously yeah, I'm not stupid. I know that there are some white people that eat it. Like hell, there's some European white people that eat goat. Like it's mostly a city white American thing, right? Like we know this, but man, they got really mad about it. But really, I just thought it was funny that that's even like a headline. I was just like, my college actually, the biology department had a goat roast every year. Well, that's kind of cool. But that that's the kind of my thing is if that article would have been like, I don't know, insects are the next protein that we should be eating or something, then that feels like more of a story. Right. But people are afraid to eat it because people are afraid to eat insects, which, by the way, if you're afraid to eat insects, there's actually stuff like cricket flour and stuff like that that you can use to bake and whatever. And you're not even going to notice the difference. But it's going to be higher protein. Afraid, like, I just don't care to. <laughs> Oh, I hear you. I hear you. But like, I've done it. It's fine. Like, I've also eaten like chocolate covered insects and stuff like it's whatever. Like, it, you really don't even notice. The only thing I would say about most insects is that 
it would just take such a large number to give you any amount of like sustenance. That's that's the real issue. But other than that, no, nah, they're mostly fine. But yeah, the idea that like goat was odd to people. Like, and there were a couple of people that because I posted it, even said like, "Oh, I didn't really know," or like, "Man, the way y'all make it sound, I should go try that out this weekend or whatever." It's like, absolutely, go down, get you some goat biryani, like hook it up. Go, like I said, go. As a matter of fact, my mother-in-law, who happens to be white, we had her try some goat yesterday for the first time because there's a Salvadorian place that's not far from the house. We went and picked some stuff up, and we're like, "Yeah, let's get some of this and let her try it." Because really, if you hadn't had it, goat is basically just like a well, one, it's probably the healthiest of the red meats. So <laughs> that that's the first thing. But if cooked right, it's almost like a like a pot roast, like a like a shredded beef sort of thing. So if somebody doesn't tell you it's goat, you're probably not even going to know in some cases. So, like, it's funny that people are so afraid of things. They just aren't, I guess, because they haven't tried it. It's like, oh, it must be weird. But it's like, I don't know. I, I like I said, I brought it up before on the show. I feel very fortunate that I grew up with multicultural friends and, and community. So I was always trying food just because that's what so-and-so's family eats. And I'm over here then I guess we'll just try it, right? Because they're all eating it. But then by the time I'm like, I don't know, 12 or 13, all that just seems normal. Because <laughs> that's what all my friends and their family have been eating all this time. Like, So I didn't know there was a difference. you know. And it's weird because then we have other things like oxtail, right? That used to be poor people's food when we were growing up. Now they have that on like high-end restaurant menus. So... I don't know. Maybe we don't want people to start eating goat, so goat doesn't get expensive for people. I don't know. But I thought it was interesting that that was kind of a thing going around that, you know, people just... I mean, I guess I knew people didn't eat goat, but, like, the fact that the headline would be that people are afraid to eat goat, I was just like, whoa, what? Really? Didn't know that was a thing. But that carries us into our news of the week. For starters, we have new Patreon levels. Uh, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, and part of it was trying to make sure we had things set up. So, one, there were things we could deliver on, but things that we thought would be unique and different and fun for the listeners. So, our levels, the way they break down, we still kept five levels, but uh, the base level is still going to be, you get access to the monthly episode that we do just for the patrons. You'll still get their postcard when you sign up. The next level is... You know, all these levels include everything below it as well. But the next level is you will get to send suggestions for show topics, and we will take those and prioritize those. Uh, we're also going to start doing, with next episode, a random shout-out to somebody of our second level and up. Because one of the things I realized is we do shout-outs for people who are new, but we're not giving enough love to the people who've been with us for a year, six months, whatever, right? So we should start doing that. So we're going to do, if you're on that level or higher, there's a chance we're going to shout you out. Maybe even if we do it in advance, we find out something cool about you that we could talk about on the show. Then our next level is you'll get all options of all that below, but we're also going to give patrons at that level a chance to be on the show. So that level or higher, we're going to reach out about every six weeks or so, maybe eight weeks. And if we have somebody that has something to talk about, promote, whatever, we want to kind of give back and give our listeners a chance to participate because we've been... When we've done interviews in the past, it's been people that were important to a topic or important people in the community or whatever. But you know what? Why not just like highlight some of our listeners? I think that seems like a fun thing to do. So we're going to try to get that going. 
our next level, uh, this one for this level and above, you're going to get 25% discount on any of the stuff in our show store. And that's active as of today. So if you go to order something, just let me know and we'll give you a discount on it so you don't have to pay a higher price. And then we're also going to prioritize guest suggestions from this level and higher. So if there's somebody you think we should have on the show or maybe a content creator we don't know about or whatever, if we're planning on doing an interview, we're probably going to try to prioritize these people over some of the other suggestions we just get. So I think that'd be cool. Because that's something we want to get back to doing and adding that. Now that everybody's schedule is kind of slowing down and we're getting all into a rhythm a little bit more, because sadly, we're all kind of dealing with COVID for the long term now. And we all kind of have things worked out. Want to get back to kind of our old ways a little bit, if you will. And then in our top level, we're going to send you something every single month. It's going to be either from a personal collection or something from one of our sponsors that month or whatever, but just a direct give back every month just because you support us at the highest level. So there you go. Those are new patron levels. Uh, not a whole lot to go on to other than that. If you have any questions or anything, as usual, feel free to send us a message, hit us up in the Discord, whatever. But just wanted to put that out there so people knew what those levels were. If you were signed up and you don't like the levels and you want to downgrade, you want to upgrade, feel free to do so. We will not be offended. Uh, part of the reason we had to make the changes is we had some lofty goals for certain things and we were going to utilize it a certain way. And just with the pandemic and our schedules changing and our content things going a whole different direction, we just weren't able to. So I wanted to find things that were more interactive, that we could still give stuff back, still involve the listeners a little more and just make them more community related rewards, I think. And that feels like it's more in line with what the show is doing now. So anyway, those are our new patron levels. Speaking of, we mentioned the world championships earlier, but uh, Brian, did you get to watch any of them? I did not. Oh man, you missed out. There was some crazy good magic being played. Now, admittedly, there were a lot of uh, Auron's Epiphany decks, right? But lots of good magic. And and it was interesting, too, because they decided to do draft for the first three rounds for the players. And that was exciting for some people. And I don't really care for draft rounds. Like, didn't do much for me. So I didn't really, I you know, I kind of peeked in a couple of times just to kind of see how the games were going. But, like, really didn't do much for me. But it was cool to see that part of the community at least got something different they don't normally get, and they were excited about it. So that was pretty cool that that got included at the World Championships this time. And it seems like the response was positive enough that Wizards will probably do it again. But yeah, the, just some of the plays and some of the games we saw were just like so, so good. Like, And it's not even just like, you know, lucky top decks back and forth. Just seeing the plays each side was making and playing into their outs and you know, making decisions that like, we're, you know, like I was saying earlier, the chat was going like, why do you do this? This guy's stupid. He's, I don't agree that he did whatever, you know? And then you're just like, oh, that's why he did it. You know what I mean? There were several of those moments, man. It was, it was just a good weekend of magic. Like congratulations to all the players. Congratulations to wizards. Like viewership was high in multiple languages of the streams. Like people showed out like it, it had interest, you know, when people say like, ah, nobody, Wizards isn't pushing high level magic and nobody cares, there's not going to be any blah, blah, like every player got 50K for showing up to this tournament. And I think first got an additional like 150K or some, some other big number, right? So it's like, there was real money at stake. Like these people were playing for, for real money. So the prizes were high. The play was high level. Like the promotion was good. 
every players in every language and every country seem to respond to it. So like that's a that's a win. I mean, it checked all the boxes. And our winner, this is even a cooler story. Yuta Takahashi won after an 03 start. Basically had to I won't say win out, but practically had to win out to win the tournament. I mean, how wild is that? Like you go from a O three and you're like, ah, uh, that's that ever happened before? Do you know? That's ever- Not to my knowledge. Like, I mean, cause you have to be thinking like, all right, well, I'm at least going to try to get to where I go. Like, I don't know. Like if I can get back to four and four, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll get into the next bracket of cash. You start thinking like that. You know what I mean? Like if I can rattle off three or four wins, maybe that'll be good enough, you know, but to even get to seven wins, just you can play in the final eight or whatever it is like that's huge you know and somehow he got there you know and then you know beat all the finalists so just like dude that is awesome and if you could have seen his reaction like that's the reason we needed webcams and stuff for these tournaments like just in tears and shaking and like everything you want to see from somebody who wins like the emotion the passion and and honestly if you clicked over and watched the japanese stream of it like everybody's going bananas like their their casters are 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 emotional and like everybody in the chats like spamming emotes like it was, it was crazy <laughs> like like the japanese were all about it like it was wild so Man, I, just the whole thing was well done. I mean, it was just a cool all-around quality weekend of Magic. Seriously. If you hadn't watched it, I recommend going back, checking out the VODs from the weekend. All of it was worth it. Like, even, even the stuff, like I said, that I wasn't super interested in, still was well done. Ah, oh, Brian... You know what happened today? <laughs> heavy sigh. Yeah. We had bannings again. This time, though, at least it was historic. And to be fair, these are ones that I think everybody wanted. And this one doesn't like this is a banning that doesn't feel bad. You know what I mean? Like, so in historic, we banned Tibalt's Trickery and Brainstorm got removed from, I guess, the suspended list to the ban list. I don't know why really we have the suspended list unless we're really going to like, yeah, unless we're going to really try something fun and different or whatever, like, Hey, let's put these six cards on the suspended list so we can see what the format looks like without them or something cool. But otherwise, like, what are we even doing? Just ban the damn card. Like really when they put brainstorm on it, we all knew brainstorm was just going to be banned. Like, and now memory lapse is suspended, which we're probably all under the assumption that, couple months from now we're going to find out memory lapse is banned so i don't i don't really even know i mean i guess the theory is like we take memory lapse out do fewer people play blue decks because they don't get to play brainstorm or memory lapse like you know maybe but there's still other cards like uh, truthfully to me i think at the end of all this like we should just take all of those whatever we called the strixhaven inserts or whatever and just make them not be standard i mean historic legal they should have just been a thing that's just for paper magic, a great way to reprint some of those cards, get them in the hands of new players. If you wanted new version with sweet art or whatever, those were a thing. That's awesome. But they just didn't have a place. And it's it's one of the issues I have with Historic right now, that they're, the power level of cards is very widespread. 
because we got all of those Strixhaven cards, plus we have the stuff from the anthologies and different things, that some of those just have such a high power level compared to the rest of the format. And that's still concerning. And I don't know how you... I mean, it'll balance over time, but right now, I don't know. But there's still people who love Historic, so I hope for their sake, this actually does clean up the format. I don't know, Brian, do you have any take on these cards? Like, do you care one way or the other? I mean, I haven't been playing very much Historic, so I didn't even know most of these cards were a thing. <laughs> it was like, okay, it's so bad. When I saw bad, I was like, okay, I guess these are these are bad, apparently. Yeah, I have to be honest. I haven't played any Historic in, in months, you know, and partly Standard's just been really good. You know, even even despite Auron's Epiphany being out there and being annoying, like I'm playing a lot of fun Standard decks and a lot of fun Standard games, so I just haven't had an interest. And really, I think mentally... I'm kind of didn't getting to the point that I'm like, well, let me fix up my modern deck. Let me fix up my legacy deck. And like soon, hopefully I will get to do more with physical people and we can play some regular magic. So I'm kind of like, I think my brain's already headed that way. So I've already kind of like pushed historic kind of out of my purview for a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, let's just play some. Yeah. Let's play some standard and buy some time. But yeah, these bands, like I said, they weren't necessarily bad or good. I think they were ones we all saw coming, and we're just kind of at least glad they did happen. And we've got news this week that there is a new DC digital card game. So, I don't know, Brian, you want to talk about this a little bit? Because I think you've looked into it a little bit more than I have at this point. Uh, well, it's by Cryptozoic, who uh, they've been doing the DC deck building game that you might have seen. And uh, this one is called DC Dual Force. And apparently you're going to combine, I guess, two heroes or villains. So you may have like a Batman, Superman deck or, you know, Joker, Harley Quinn. Or, you know, you can be goofy and just combine things for, well, you know, for a competitive standpoint. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some crazy combos that come out of that. Apparently coming in 2022, and it's Cryptozoic. Ukes uh, is working on the uh, the video game developer side. You, you, they're more famous, really, for wrestling games, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, because I don't... This is one of the games I don't think I know very many of the people who've worked on it, either from, like, a... That's not, well, that's not true. I do know Sam Black has worked on it. He's, he's a known Magic player who's come up with a lot of quirky decks, so, you know, he's... He's been on the, the card design side, but I, yeah, so far I know very little about the rules elements of it, you know, the long-term plans for whatever, but I, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I don't And we should mention a DC fandom is, is coming up. So I'm sure there'll be a lot more information about it there and lots of other DC related things. We're hoping for a Injustice 3 reveal at DC fandom also. Probably oh, see yeah. more of a uh, Gotham Knights and uh, and Justice League kill the Su or Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. That game looks really fun, by the way. Yeah, I think the only thing for me on the DC uh, Dual Force is how much room do I or I don't know maybe other players, but you know I can speak from personal perspective. Like, how much room do I have in my I don't know game selection or or play time to dedicate to another card game or card base game i guess is kind of where it's at because you you have people already trying to split their time between magic runeterra some people are playing pokemon online now like you know like at what point do we say okay hell storybook brawl is almost that style though it's closer to hearthstone but 
we're kind of reaching that point that's like, uh, how many more of these type of games do we have room for? Like, well, I, to, to me, if it has superheroes, it automatically jumps to the top of the pile because I love comic book superheroes. So it's like, yeah, yeah. like DC's coming in, something else may have to go out. Well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering, right? I, I don't really know because you do, and it's always been this thing in, in the tabletop industry that it wasn't ever really said and there's no like hard rule for it. But it's usually like the upper echelon of a category only really has room for like three to five real big dogs. Right. And then the rest kind of fight over the scraps. And I'm kind of wondering, because right now I don't really know what that upper echelon of that style of game is right now. Right. Because, you know, you used to have people like playing Gwent, right, which Crokey's used to play. And now he plays Magic. So like, I don't, I don't even know if Gwent's even still doing a thing. Actually, I think Gwent had one final set and they they discontinued i think if i'm not mistaken so you know now if that's gone is that do those people migrate to another thing or do they just go play another type of game entirely or or quit gaming i don't know so it, it's really interesting i i'll be kind of curious to see what people's response are and, and where that goes you know because even when and we also, talk about because it's, yeah. because it's dc i think it'll have the opportunity to pick up people that they could never play i know when overpower came out many 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 years ago I didn't play any card games. They put one with Marvel copies on it. And I pretty much at that time in my life bought anything with a Marvel logo on it. So that's part of what got me in the game. Oh, sure. Like I, that's the one thing that, that has always stood out to me is that licensed games are always in a weird spot because that license could be removed at any time, you know, or when you go to actually kind of what happened with, comic images and raw deals when it came time to renew the license they asked for way more money you know and it's just and i don't know if maybe because the company looks and goes like oh well now that y'all are successful we want a bigger cut right like we we gave it to you at this price because it was like a novel thing and we didn't know it was gonna be now that we can see you're making money we want this much more right and they ended up not renewing but because of that i think sometimes you get designers and developers that kind of get caught in a spot of like you you can't really long-term plan because you need to draw as many people as you can right now because you're having to pay like licensing fees and everything else and set yourself up for the future in a world where maybe that doesn't exist now with cryptozoic it's a little bit different because they've had this partnership license with dc i don't know it feels like it's going on like eight years or something now easily <laughs> like, so i think they're probably they probably feel safe about this yeah they've had it for a while so that changes the dynamic of what they're trying to do and now i will say there's one thing i guess it's kind of a caveat and this applies to all these games that apparently you know wb and then uh, discovery or, or merging or whatever so technically all of wb games are kind of in a holding pattern because we have not yet had announcement as to who ends up with wb games out of this merger so that's also true because one of the other issues you could have is if let's say discovery or whatever already has partnership deals elsewhere that could end up being a problem so i don't know how that's gonna look but you know it's interesting too because do you at what point do you get somebody like upper deck that still has the marvel partnership for card games with their versus system redux or whatever you want to call it right at what point do they decide to make a digital game because you know that's going to happen this... <coughs> excuse me probably at the point that they see how much money this makes yeah so it's it'll be interesting to see how this plays out i i i'm, I'm at least going to give it a shot 
you know, I'll probably do a couple of demo games with it. I'll probably record a couple of videos for it just to see what's up. Because right, I think it would be cool just to see, try out, have some fun with. And, you know, I don't hate it. It's comic book characters. It'll probably be cool. But, yeah, cool to know that thing's actually coming. But uh, 2022, so we just have something to look forward to already. If there's Green Lantern cards, I'm in. And I'm assuming there's going to be Green Lantern cards. Earlier today, I was on Twitter and I asked a question because I just got like a wild hair because sometimes I think about content on all these different levels and, you know, some stuff I may or may not act on, but it's just like a curious question. So I decided to take the temperature of the room, if you will, and I asked people, how much does the appearance of a streamer or creator matter to you? And I told him, like, assume I'm talking about somebody who gets just rolls out of bed with bad hair pajamas on and crusty eyes and decides to stream how do you feel about that and to my surprise only two people had a problem with that like that feels a little disingenuous <laughs> like you know what i mean like it feels like some people aren't being completely honest maybe i'm wrong though but it feels like some people ain't being honest Cause I don't know, I don't know about you, dude. Cause like, here's my thing, right? Like I don't need somebody to get dressed up. Like you don't have to have your hair done and everything else. I, but do. Like, I totally want you to wear a suit and everything. <laughs> but, but, but my thing is like, you know, even for myself, we've talked about it before. Like I'm at least going to try to make sure my hair is neat and I have a clean shirt on, you know, I'm not going to be on with like a wrinkled shirt with, with ketchup stains or whatever. Cause that just looks to me like you just don't care at all. But, like, if you were like, you got pajamas on or whatever, and you're having fun on your stream, like, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I'm pretty cool with it. So I'm somewhere in the middle, right? I don't I don't need you to be, you know, you ain't, like I said, you ain't got to get your hair combed perfectly, and you ain't got to get your makeup on and all that. Like, but enough that it looks like you at least care that we're watching you. Because you can still look presentable in pajamas. You know what I mean? At least, you know, you wash your face or whatever. At least you're you're... Your hair is not 80 different directions or whatever. Maybe you put it up in a ponytail or a bun or something. Or whatever. That's fine. I don't have a problem with any of that. But it was interesting to see how many people are like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, I place streamers in the background and it's more about the personality or, you know, just all these things. There was only two people that said they had a problem with appearance. Like, I don't know. What, how, what's your stance on that, dude? I mean, I guess I would I would like to put in some effort. It's, I don't need you know to be wearing you don't need to be wearing a tuxedo, but yeah, bedhead I might have a problem with. But then again, I guess if they're you know if they're really funny, maybe it's just this case by case basis. Maybe that that's legit, right? If you if you are doing a very comedic routine or that's your personality, then I guess it makes sense, right, for you to have that kind of look. At the end of the day, if you're making me laugh, I'm probably going to keep watching you. Or maybe if you're playing, a, well, let, let's say you know how to beat some stage on this game that I, that I don't know how to get past. Yeah, I'm not going to care if you're, you know, <laughs> I'm going to care you, if you're literally laying down in bed. <laughs> if you have the information that I need for, to beat a, a game or whatever. But here's the thing, right? Because I, I think about the times I've recorded content even late in the day where I've been like tired, I've been working on stuff around the house or whatever. And I'm still like, ah, you know what, let me take a shower first. 
You know, like, it's not like anybody's going to smell me or anything, but I'm just like, <laughs> but, you know, like, he just subconsciously, I'm still like, ah, let me, let me go clean up a little bit. You know, like, ah, you know what? I look a little tired. Let me, let me, you know, stretch a little. Let me go wash my face or whatever. And, you know, I'll get back on camera. Right. And I'm now I'm wondering, like, how many people legitly mean that? Or how many people are just like not wanting to be the person who posts that on social media and look like a jerk or whatever? But like, I don't think you're being a jerk. I think you're just being honest. Like, if well, that matters to you, never thought about it before you asked the question. That's probably it too. And, and then they're like, okay, yeah, their instinctive reaction is they don't care. But then you you tune in and you see it's like, oh god, what's wrong with you? Well, yeah, and that's what I'm wondering. Like, how many people say that? But like, if I got on stream tomorrow. And I've got a whole a shirt with like four or five holes in it. You know, my hair is all nappy. You know, my glasses are crooked. You know, like what? Like you can be cool with that. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't, and, I don't and think to be fair, I don't know if I can be cool with that. There, there are human beings who can roll out of bed and somehow look fabulous. That's I true. am not one of them. That's true. Like I ain't gonna lie. Like there's some people. In in my social story. Hell, some people we've even had on the show that have posted stuff on Twitter talking about like, well, you know, I wasn't feeling looking great today or whatever. And I'm like, just your not yeah. great day looks 10 times better than my best day. Like, for real. <laughs> like, like, come on. So, yeah, for some people, maybe it's a look they can do and pull off. I mean, like, now, admittedly, sometimes when you're streaming, I've streamed with pajama bottoms on and ain't nobody seen it because streamers yeah. don't have anything but torsos. So, right. like that's kind of half the battle anyway like people won't see it regardless but yeah it's it's an interesting thing because i just was curious you know i i thought it was going to be more people saying like ah people should put an effort if i'm giving you time and money or whatever and you know which wouldn't be a re unrealistic argument yeah you know because like i said for me i don't think it's you need to be made up i just need you to be presentable I mean, to me, it's like I'm doing a show and I would never go do a murder mystery show, you know, and having just rolled out of bed. So I feel the same way about, you know, doing a YouTube video or a, a Twitch stream. Yeah. And for me, and I don't know, maybe and we, we, we've talked about this before that, like, I think it's that whole subconscious ingrained thing where, like, we already know or instinctively feel like you're already having to fight an uphill battle. So I think I still just have to go the extra effort at least a little bit or else I'm doing myself a disservice, or at least that's what it feels like. Like I'm more likely to get hated on or people are not going to stick around and watch my stuff. Like they're going to miss my message because they're already going to look at me like, well, we already know there's already some issues when people just look at you, but like, you know, then they see my presentation. You're like, Oh, then I'm really not going to watch this guy. Because, I mean, if we believe the list of Twitch payouts that were leaked, there still are, what, maybe two or three people of color in the top earners. And that aspect of it, I certainly believe, because that lines up with everything we saw last year and the year before that and the year before that. Yeah, oh, no doubt. No doubt. So that's already a hurdle. So it, it does make me wonder, you know, like, and I don't know, maybe there's other factors, too. You know, and again, these are going to be hard things to... You can't even just ask the public at large because, again, people would feel very weird responding to certain things. So you're probably not going to get honest responses. But, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, like, it's one of those things that I almost want to test. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, God. Like, I want to. I sort of do, though. You know, like, like, let me pick my hair out in these, like, nappy whatever. And let me just, you know, 
wrinkle up a shirt real bad or whatever. It was just like, just do what I can to just make myself look a little disheveled and just do that for like a week and see what people would say. But then it, there were a couple of people though that did say, if it drastically changed, they wouldn't like it because they would start to become more concerned. You know, and I and I get that too because if there was somebody I was watching regularly, then like over the course of a month, I kind of saw you like looking worse and worse, and I'd be like, okay, what's going on? Like you're saying you're good, but are you really good? You know, like, and then I start feel like I'm sort of watching a train wreck, like like I'm tuning in, waiting for something to happen, and that starts to feel kind of weird. So that I would get, but I don't know. It's it's interesting, like I said, because I. I, it it feels and I and I like and I go. I'm not going to call anybody a liar. Like I I would like to think as many people that responded are being honest in their words. But it's so I don't know. Like it's so much so far away from what I expected the response to be that it's hard to believe that's true. But maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe maybe streamers will be a little more chill and relax. There were a few people that said, man, it's COVID, so whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that is true, too. That, you know, that, that changes the calculus because we're all working for, well, not all of us, but a lot of people are working from home now. And we all just have days where we don't, you know, <laughs> we just don't give a darn. Yeah, so so I get that part of it, too. Like, you kind of, and I, hey, and I'll be the first to tell people, like, everything from, a neighbor to a corporation. I'm giving all kinds of people free passes on things because of COVID. Like there's just so many things that are changed and so many people being rocked by it that I get it. Like, and that, that is totally fair. Cause when I saw those tweets, I was kind of like, yeah, if I saw somebody just having a bad off day, I'm not going to hold that against them right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause who knows you, hell you might be dealing with a family or a relative or news that somebody got COVID or whatever right now. Like, I ain't going to expect you to be at your best. Like It's just the world we're in right now. But yeah, I just thought it was an interesting, I don't know if you want to call it a data point or whatever, but an interesting conversation, you know, because we, we see so many people streaming and doing videos and contents become almost a way of life for people, either as a consumer or as a producer of it. So seeing that maybe people have changed their view on it in some ways, and maybe they do see the creators as being more human. Yeah. But that brings us to our favorite segment, the dinner table talk. Actually, I say that it might it's it's a lot of our viewers favorite segment <laughs> or listeners favorite segment. I was going to say viewers. Wait, or no, we're, we're, we're not recording that. this live yet, though. Y'all let us know if you would like to have this in a live format, because it's something we have talked about before that we could put on YouTube. Uh, we had a fan and i don't remember if this came through on twitter i think it was twitter but they had asked well basically they said we have talked about how to make game stores and the game industry more friendly toward women but they were curious how do you go about doing that particularly for blacks but also for just minorities to make both the game industry and local game stores more welcoming and I, I thought that was a good topic to address, you know, because it's not like you want to tell somebody 
to you know well you have your your staff start dressing in dashikis right like that's not oh. that's that's not a thing right you don't want to do that right you don't want to go that far <laughs> Nancy Pelosi and them did that one time though for uh, oh yeah for well, the they, with well they they so did the uh, idea. they did the uh, what you call the scarves the yeah. what are those things called you know what I'm talking about though the, yeah. the colorful thing yeah yeah um. No, one of the things, and, and I've I've talked about this with some game companies and and people at 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 Gamma at the trade shows and stuff. Is it kind of starts with just your presentation, you know? When you when you walk around a, a a game store or a convention or whatever, and you're looking at all the products, and they don't depict people of color on them, except for in games where there's like. I don't know, historical civilization things. You kind of go like, oh, well, maybe that's one of the reasons. You know, because for a long time, you look at board games and it's like, oh, there's like a white family on the box. Or there's generic abstract people, but there's not even like a darker toned person in that pile. Right, you know or I mean? if they, or if there is, you know, a lot of the uh, civilization style games have this. There's natives, but the first thing you do is basically step under the board, wipe out the natives, and then build your city right there. Yeah, exactly. There's that too. Which absolutely right? is what happened through a lot of world history, but that's the only faces of color you see are, yeah. are the people that you eliminate immediately when you set foot on the American continent or whatever fantasy continent you may be on. For sure, for sure, and, and I th and that's what I was saying. I think that's kind of where it starts. It's just the presentation of the games and the products themselves, right? Whether, like you're saying, the objectives of the games, you know, where I'm saying, like, you know, the 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 box art or whatever, whatever you're using to sell it. But I also say it's like there's further steps, you know, how they're presented online. You know, I was happy when I came across a husband wife couple that was doing board game demos or whatever, because honestly the majority of the people you see happen to be like middle-aged white folks doing it. And not that there's anything wrong. Like, you know, somebody like Rodney, who's a Canadian, he's a white Canadian who, who has how it's played, which is a fantastic channel. Absolutely. I've, I've watched many of his videos. Like, so I'm not saying it's wrong that he's doing it. Just saying that's who's out there. Yeah. You know? And I think there just everything top to bottom has to be, like you have to be able to put the person in a situation. Same thing like we say about making places more friendly to women is you have to put them, put your product in scenarios where they can see themselves in it. You know, if you do an ad or you're promoting your store or whatever, hopefully you have some customers of color that are being highlighted or shown or whatever in the footage, right? Maybe hire an employee that, because here's the thing, and, and honestly, not even just from an, I don't know, an affirmative action perspective or whatever, there's actually benefits to this. Because you might not be aware of certain things going on in certain cultures. You might forget about certain holidays. You know, there, there, there's things like that that have come up, you know, where I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this Mexican holiday or whatever that I got to remember or whatever. And I knew because I had a Hispanic employee that's like, hey are we going to do anything on this day because this is going to be going on or this group's going to be doing this event in town. Like we need to be aware of that, you know, like stuff like that is important. Right. And you may not know because you're just not connected to that part of your community regularly. So even that does a lot because then people that are part of that community over time, see that like, Oh, you care about this thing or you've made time 
to make space for this other thing, you know, and stuff like that. I don't think it's just like an immediate thing, but maybe you even have to institute your own Rooney rule, (laughs) you know, like, let me make sure I interview at least two, three people of color for every position to at least give me the odds of putting those people in front of me. You know, because you never know. as a customer, because I, I saw somebody, it was a it was a black woman. She described her experience going to a local comic shop and being very excited. But then she went in and she said for, even after having walked around for 10, 12 minutes, nobody had interacted with her. Not an employee, not anybody from the tech. Like nobody said, hi, how you doing? It's nothing. So yeah, don't do that, obviously. Yeah, that's true, too. Like, interact with everybody. Like, I think I've told this story here uh, on the show before, but one of the things I tried to tell my staff at times was when a couple comes in, address the woman first. Because we were, like, as an industry, we were so bad about that. And sometimes she's the one that's shopping. Right? Like... And on top of that, yeah, you say your wife loves Transformers. So people start talking to you like, no, you're basically. Oh, yeah. We, we literally driving all these purchases. We would stop at stores specifically because she's like, cool, let me go see what they have because they might have one I'm missing or whatever. And we walk in and they come address me. And I'm like, dude, you're talking to the wrong person. Like, we're here for her. <laughs> right? And they're just like, oh. And I'm like, what do you like? You should have, like, you could have addressed both of us. <laughs> right? It's like, because, like, the other thing I always had the thought of, too, is even if she's not the one they're shopping, if she views the place as being friendly and nice and whatever, she's going to have fewer problems with him coming to game. Exactly. You know, so it's in your benefit to address the other person. You're, I mean, you, you, it, it can't always happen because, you know, person out person out, but you, you ideally, you want your significant other to like your friends because, yeah, again, they're going to be more likely to come. They're going to be more likely, you know, to be okay with you spending time with your friends if they like them or at least know they're not, you know, racist, sexist, or <clears throat> some way a jerk. Yeah, the other thing I would say, too, is if you're a business in the game sphere, I would say try to be active in some of the community events for different ethnicities, whether that's just sponsoring a thing, you know, giving some prizes for some contest or something or whatever they're doing. So your name becomes part of being a supporter of the things they're doing. Because over time, you will get a customer or two from those and they will be like, oh, hey, thanks for doing this thing. You know, oh, I remember this name. I remember seeing it at this event or whatever. And you start to become attached to more of those communities. Whereas so many people, and, and again, this is from experience. Like I talk to people and they're just like, oh yeah, I never thought about that. Or yeah, I never do this thing. And I was okay. And then you wonder why you don't have anybody from those communities coming and shopping in your store, right? You've done nothing to be part of those communities. So like, and, and again, it sounds obvious and, you know, it's a small step, but like, it's really a thing that makes a difference. You know, we weren't magically going to get more Boy Scouts in the store if we didn't go do more stuff with the Boy Scouts. It just wasn't going to be a thing. And the same thing applies, right? I mean, and I'm not saying like be super pandering, but there's so many times there's special events, like I said, contests, parades, you know, whatever. There's tons of opportunities for you to be involved in these other communities. And not even just minorities. This, This could be 
you know, gay pride stuff. This could be women's movement stuff. This could be protests. This could be whatever, right? There's tons of things out there that happen that you could be part of, support, whatever, and be synonymous with those things. Get your names into those communities and show that you are a friend to them. You're an ally to them, that you just care that they exist and about what they're doing. Because you know as well as I do. I mean, the, the, I, hell, the, I've told this, talked about it before. There have been times where I literally went to game industry events where I was the black guy or one of like up to three. I mean, there was just none in the industry. I've been at events, you know, as a reporter, we're same thing. I would be the only brother there. So, so it's a little weird sometimes, right? So, and there are times that when that's the thing, you go into stores kind of like, is this going to be one of those stores? Like, Am I going to get looked at, followed, talked to funny, you know, whatever? Like, you don't consciously think about it, but like, you sort of already go in, brace for those things to happen. And then when they don't, sadly, you're kind of surprised. And you shouldn't be surprised. That should be normal, <laughs> right? But there's times just like, oh, these people are pretty chill. That's awesome. You know, when that should be the starting point. And then when the other things happen, you should be surprised that they happen. So, yeah, I, those those are probably the only real tips I have is just make conscious efforts to be part of those things when they're going on in your communities. Make sure that if you can, and obviously make sure it's okay with your patrons or whatever, but if you're getting the opportunity to do shots from an event or show some stuff going on in your store or whatever, try to have them in the camera shots. Like, so people say like, oh, hey, look, they do have women, indigenous people, black people, whatever, they go hang out at their store. Cool, maybe I should check that place out. And you know, if you're making products, then for sure, you know, consult different communities and say like, hey, if we're doing this type of thing or this story or this background, or like, how does this appeal, appear? What are, what are the optics on this? Can we put somebody of color on the product or on the box? Can we use somebody of color for promotions in the videos or the demos? You know, if you're going to send out demo copies to do game reviews, try to reach out to some of the ones that aren't white. I'm not saying exclude the whites, <laughs> like, but add a few more to your rotation and say, hey, let's reach out to some of these people too. So your company and your name or whatever is being talked about and shared in those communities and being promoted by those people. But there's little efforts. It's not anything big. I think there's a lot of small stuff we can do. So much of it costs you not a dime. Yeah. And then, like I said, for hiring purposes, try to interview enough people to where you're getting at least two or three minorities in that rotation. Even if you don't hire them, at least give yourself the opportunity to have them in front of you every time to increase the odds that maybe one of them will impress you. Maybe one of them is willing to do the thing you need them to do for the job, or maybe they have a better idea than some of the other people you interview. But like, give them those opportunities to increase your odds that you're gonna hire one of those people. And then over time, it becomes a thing. But it's not something that just happens overnight. It's just a lot of small efforts combined that make it better all right brian where can people find you on social media great i am dl caesar on twitter uh youtube our family channel on youtube is alan's ever after oh i'm all just on instagram also you can find me just about everywhere at power dragon p-o-w-r-d-r-a-g-n mostly streaming on facebook gaming and twitch but you can also find me every day on the youtubes and of course all social media platforms 
But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, whatever is appropriate for you. Please take care of you and your family with all the COVID and silliness out there in the world. Also, it's about flu shot time, so don't forget to go do that. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base